You're listening to the Back Row Jet Show, part of the Back Row Network. Beautiful touch throw by Darnold. Darnold trying to extend his drive, throws off his back foot off balance, and he somehow finds Crowder. Here's some time that's deflected, and picked up Mosey, he'll take it in, it's a pick six. Over the middle, caught, Mills, touchdown! Here's a pass to Perman who catches it for his third touchdown play of the game. Welcome into another episode of the Back Row Jets show. I am Tom Tuttle, the host of the show. It's only been two weeks and it feels like the season is already over. <laughs> the Jets look bad again, yet again. Week one was bad. Week two is bad. Where do we go from here? I mean, I guess that's the question everybody's got to be asking themselves if you're a New York Jets fan. Where do we go from here? There is no, we can't get any worse, <laughs> right? I mean, at this point, it's we're at the bottom of the barrel. There, it can't get any worse than this. I guess there's only one way to go, and that is up. We can't keep digging this hole. We've come to the end of the hole. We have to start climbing up. There, that's the only thing, the only real silver lining to this start for the New York Jets. And I guess we, I don't really know how it gets any better. I mean, we play so bad that the, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chance should be changed to just endure the suffering. J-E-T-S. That is what we are right now. That's all we can do. Just endure it. Because at this point, the way we look, there's really no chance for us to make the playoffs. And I'm always somebody who's positive. After that display, I'm not very positive. And I'm sure there's still a chance we can make the playoffs and all that, and everybody's going to say, well, you're always the guy that's saying, give us a chance, give us a chance. Yeah, but that was bad. <laughs> Two really bad games in a row doesn't help our look. But we had, we had some good things. So I guess that kind of leads me into our next segment, the segment we had last week. So I'll probably keep it around for a little while. Good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, let's start off with the good. Um, there isn't a lot there, but the, what I did see out of the the Jets' offense was we were able to move the ball a little bit this week. We didn't score a lot of points. Uh, some of that, you know, I'm not going to get into the bad or the ugly yet, but we didn't score a lot of points. I thought the offense moved the ball pretty well. Um, to a certain degree until we made it to the other t sides uh, of the field where it's suddenly liked to stall at a decent rate for reasons we'll get into in a little bit. But I like Sam Donald. I like the way he actually was throwing the ball. I mean, there's a lot of things that really get hard to do when you're sitting there trying your best because you just don't have a lot of else of talent around you at the moment. But I, here I am. I'm bleeding into the bad and the ugly already. But, I mean, that's that's the only real thing I saw is I actually thought Sam Donald looked pretty good uh, other than the fact that we didn't score any points, <laughs> really. So there's that. Uh, now I guess we'll get into the uh, to the bad because why not? That's pretty much what the entire game was. So let's start with the bad by listing the players that didn't play in the second half or earlier than that even for the San Francisco 49ers. We had Mostert. He didn't play the second half. We had Garoppolo. 
He didn't play in the second half. We had Nick Bosa. He didn't play basically the whole game. He got hurt right away. Solomon Thomas was immediately after that. Um, so maybe part of the reason that uh, Sam Darnold didn't look so bad or too terrible was because Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas weren't on the field for basically the entire game. And obviously that in, them injuries, or especially Nick Bosa's, pretty sure he's going to be out for the rest of the season. From what I heard, I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on Nick Bosa. But that's besides the point. We couldn't win when Mostert didn't play the second half. Garoppolo didn't play the second half. And Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas were not on the field basically the entire game. And we still couldn't win. And we couldn't even get close. We got destroyed. Um, let's start by the Mostert um, effect. He had a huge run uh, to start the game, which was already a big blow to us. I mean, w- the first play from offense, you're already down seven points. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Um, and then Garoppolo played pretty decent. He played pretty decent, and I'll tell you why he played pretty decent. Our third down defense was terrible. Terrible. All game, terrible. But in the first half especially because that's Jimmy Garoppolo. But it was terrible, terrible, terrible. It was. It can't get much worse. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure they converted on every one of, those, of, of their third downs. We got them into third down, which is good. That's a good thing. But we could not stop them. Every time, third and t- 30, they'd still make it. It didn't matter how long it was. They still got that third down conversion. That was awful. That was a, the worst display of third downs for a defense I've seen in quite some time. And on top of the whole third down thing, it seemed like every every time the 49ers passed the ball, it was a quick throw. There wasn't very many deep throws for Garoppolo or for Nick Mullins when he entered into the game. Um, there was a few. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, but we actually did okay on the deep throws. But it was the the quick throws, the out patterns, the slants, the little things like that that for some reason we couldn't handle. We could not handle them throws, and it really, really bothered me watching that game. I was yelling at my TV like I was never yelling. I never yelled at like like I did. It was so hard to watch. It was really bad. We we have such a terrible terribly soft defense when it comes to them short throws and it's really difficult to watch i mean it seemed like every single time it was garoppolo's first option that he threw to because he didn't have to look around anywhere else he had that guy he was always open because it was a short throw and it was always open it was soft defense it was hard to watch and it really makes me mad really makes me mad at the entire coaching staff for for because that is not the Jets, that is not the players that are doing that soft type of defense. Now some of it might be they're inexperienced, so maybe they get juked out and they don't know what they're doing. But if that is a hundred percent. It lands on the coaches. That goes on Adam Gase. That goes on every single defensive coach that they have. That was a horrible display of defense. I the worst defensive display I've seen. Uh, the Jets in years, in years. That was really bad for one game. Last week was not that bad. This week was terrible. It was horrible. It was really hard to watch, really difficult to watch. So if you remember last week when I said the keys to win the game, well, 
we needed to stop the uh, the running backs. And did we stop the running backs? Yeah, we stopped one of them, Tevin Coleman. <laughs> we actually did pretty well against him. He only had .9 yards per carry. Uh, but Mostert had 11.5 yards per carry and a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon had 25.7 yards per carry. Now, he only had three carries, and he did have a really long run just like uh, Mostert did. But that was also a touchdown. He also had a touchdown as well. Um, it, it, that was terrible. Terrible to watch. Big plays happen to our defense in the running game. But it wasn't just the running game that we need to concentrate on with the running backs. Jarek McKinnon did nothing receiving the ball. Um, Mostert had two receptions for 15 yards. That's not much. And then we had uh, Tevin Coleman who had two receptions for 28 yards. Not that much. That we did successfully. I was okay with that. But everything else was just not good. Uh, when it comes to passing the ball, the 49ers had Kendrick Bourne and uh, Jordan Reed. That's it. That's all they really threw to. Kendrick Bourne had four receptions for 67 yards, an average of 16.8 yards per, per reception. Uh, Jordan Reed came back to life, uh, maybe because George Kittle <laughs> wasn't available. So he was actually a pretty decent fill-in for George Kittle, um, at least against the Jets. He had seven receptions for 50 yards, for an average of 7.1 yards per, per reception. And guess what? He had two touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, he destroyed us. He destroyed us. That was the biggest thing we couldn't stop was Jordan Reed. And Kendrick Bourne had four receptions. Everybody else was two receptions. They spread the ball around a little bit there. Obviously, they didn't really have to. Uh, they got two really long runs out of their running backs. And, mind you, there was another really long run by Mostert again. And it got called back because they had a holding penalty. So, that was really bad. Really bad display. And that holding penalty, from what I could tell, really didn't help Mostert get get to the end zone because that was a touchdown. But they held, and it was an obvious hold, so they had to call it 100%. But it, that's just a bad display when you get Mostert going 80 yards the first play and like 70-something yards that the, the next, not the next play, but he had another big run, and then you had another big run by Jarek McKinnon. That was horrible. That was horrible. Our passing defense is terrible. Our running defense was terrible. Everything about the defense was terrible. Terrible. That was really bad. And that was the bad. Let me get into the ugly now. So the ugly, we had uh, Jameson Crowder didn't play. So there's that. I mean, <laughs> that's not going to help at all. Uh, Perryman went down really, really quickly, almost immediately. And he didn't come back. Um, Chris Hogan then left the field in the third quarter. So that was the guy that was catching all the balls because that was the only guy we had left that anybody knew anything about. I mean, when you have guys like Braxton Berrios catching six receptions, six receptions for Braxton Berrios, um, I, that's not good. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. He is not our third or fourth receiver let alone the second receiver on the team because that's basically what he was last week that's what it was and and uh, uh, to get into the ugly a little bit more um this is a side note on the ugly but it's definitely part of the ugly chris herndon a touchdown he had a touchdown and he dropped it 
That was a beautiful throw by Sam Darnold. He couldn't have put that ball anywhere else. That was exactly where it needed to be, and Chris Herndon flat out dropped it. Now, I know it's not extremely difficult. I mean, it is a, it's a kind of a difficult um, uh, pass to catch because you're falling down, but he's got to catch that. You're in the NFL. You've got to catch that ball. And it's frustrating to watch. Sam Darnold actually played good. I, I really thought he played good. He had his head in the game, and it looked good for him. But you got to catch that ball, Chris Herndon. I'm sorry, man. He, didn't, he did not do good. He had one reception for five yards. Could have had two for a touchdown. Not good enough. Uh, Chris Hogan was, looked good. I actually liked him a lot until he got hurt. And, of course, uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes with me. I like somebody and they get hurt. I liked Perryman. He got hurt. I liked uh, Chris Hogan. He got hurt. I liked Denzel Mims. He got hurt. I liked Jameson Crowder. He got hurt. What else can Sam Darnold do? He can't do anything because we don't have good enough wide receivers. Braxton Berrios is our number two for most of the game? Come on. He can't do anything with that. And anyone saying that it's Sam Darnold's fault, or they just don't know anything. They didn't watch the actual game, and they just think, oh, our quarterback's not good enough. We only scored six points until garbage time, which, again, we got another garbage time touchdown. means nothing. But anybody blaming Sam Darnold for this loss is fooling themselves. This loss is on the defense, and because the defense played so soft, and that is fully, 100%, on Adam Gase. And I think I've been, I was defending him weeks ago because you guys were hounding on him for certain reasons, which I can understand. I didn't like the reasons. But this time, I'm sorry. That is terrible coaching. He needs to be gone. There's no reason for him to be here. It's not going to get any better with him. Why stretch it out? Why stretch it out with Adam Gase? There's no chance he's going to make this team better as it is right now. At this point, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm saying, or whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. It can be the owner. It can be Joe Douglas. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking to him and saying, listen, I don't think you're cutting it here. I'm sorry. You got to go. Make a, make a move. We're not good enough. We can't get crushed by the Bills, basically. And we lost by 10, but we got crushed. And we can't get crushed by the 49ers when their backup quarterback was in, and we let him look decent we got one interception and that's not fully on him that that ball should have been caught too but we made him look halfway decent we did terrible that was an awful display and that fully relies on the head of adam gase and one more thing i want to say about adam gase i know i'm getting a little crazy on adam gase but um we went forward on fourth down Fourth and one, and it was a big moment in the game. This actually could have flipped things in our way, in our, our in our favor. Obviously, we probably still would have lost because we suck. <laughs> I'm not trying to be uh, ridiculous, but we're bad. I mean, that's a really bad, bad team right now. But anyway, we went for it on fourth and one. And to get to fourth and one, we ran the ball on first down. Had a good gain. We ran the ball on second down. Had a a gain of some sort ran the ball on third down we went nowhere and so what does he do on fourth down and one to go well let's run the ball again straight up the middle the most easiest play to predict the 49ers are great defense it doesn't take much to say hey we should probably stop the run up the middle huh 
Yeah, I guess they did. It was a horrible call. Why Why are you running the ball up the middle? There's got to be a play. There's got to be a play that you got drawn up for this situation that you really like. Maybe Adam Gase just doesn't like any of these plays. Now, I will give him a little bit of slack. We didn't have any good playmakers. We had Chris Hogan at that moment. That's it. I couldn't. Chris Herndon wasn't doing anything. And Frank Gore was the only guy that was doing anything special. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that bothered me. Frank Gore was running the ball halfway decent. And then you put in somebody else? Somebody else? To run to get the first down on fourth and one? That's a Frank Gore job. It's always been a Frank Gore job. Every team he's been on, he's been that guy. What is wrong with you, Adam Gase? Come on, man. That's terrible, terrible coaching. And I'm calling for it. He needs to be off of the New York Jets. I don't even want to wait until the end of the season. Get him off now. If we can salvage this season and actually be successful at all, it's not going to be under Adam Gase. I'm done with him. He's He is dead to me. I mean, I don't hate the guy. I don't want him dead. But he's done. He's He's done. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of watching this type of play. I know we weren't going to win the first game, and I figured we weren't going to win this game either. But the ways we've lost both of those games has been absolutely atrocious, and it falls on the head of Adam Gase. Okay, <laughs> I think I'm done with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's move on to the next segment of the show. Two keys to success. The biggest way we can win this game, the biggest key we can do to win this game is really put it to Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is somebody who is prone to make mistakes in clutch situations. We need to put him into a clutch situation. It's going to be difficult because Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back, and we can't handle running backs. That's pretty clear from last week. We need to figure out a way to you know, line up five guys on the outside because they killed us on the outside runs, but then obviously he'd run up the middle. I'm just being sarcastic. We need to figure out a way to stop the, the Colts running game because uh, Jonathan Taylor is good. Um, they have somebody else in Nyme Hines who was completely out of the picture last week because they didn't need to pass the ball, and Nyme Hines is somebody who catches the ball a lot. So we need to kind of concentrate on that as well. Um, but we need to really force Phillip Rivers to make a play. Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback, but when he is put under pressure, he is prone to make mistakes. So we need to figure out a way to make him make mistakes. And that's really about it. I mean, that's how we beat the Colts. Phillip Rivers has to make mistakes. Otherwise, we're not going to win this game. If Phillip Rivers is playing the way that Phillip Rivers has played in the past, when he doesn't make mistakes, we're not going to win this game. We're not good enough for that. There's no chance. So, in all reality, there's not really two keys. There's just one key to success. Oh, no, no, I'll, I'll, let me rephrase. The next key to success, and we might have to have this. We might have to have this to win. The next key to success is we need Adam Gates to be fired. If he's not fired by the end of, uh, by the by the start of this week, then he needs, I'm he needs to be. <laughs> it's absolutely atrocious the way he's been coaching this team. I don't mind the way he's handled the media so much, but the way he's coached the team has been bad, and I'm done with it. 
I am absolutely done with him. And maybe if he's still our coach, we lose to the Colts. And you know what? Let's let, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's the only way everybody can open their eyes and say, he needs to be gone, and that's the only way they'll fire him. But maybe he's already fired by the time you're listening to this. I don't know. But that was really, really bad. I think he should be fired. And the biggest way I see us losing this game against the Colts is if Adam Gase messes it up in some way. I'm not the only one calling for it either. There's a lot of people saying it. But Adam Gase needs to go. And if that means we have to lose this week, maybe I'm okay with that. Maybe I'm okay with that. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for us on the Back Row Jets show. I'm sorry. It was a really crazy one this week because I'm just going crazy. I'm going crazy. Adam Gase is bothering me. But anyway, that's it. Thank you for listening to the Back Row Jets show. Remember that we are connected to other Back Row uh, shows. There's the Back Row Eagles, who John Eddie Jr., my my partner of uh, Fantasy Fuel, if you want to listen to a fantasy football show as well, you can go to FantasyFuelPodcast.com. Check out our rankings. Check out everything about us. You can listen to our show. We have a lot of fun uh, doing our shows there. Uh, don't forget about the uh, Back Row Network uh where you can get all the shows as well. And the Back Row Fantasy Show, they do a good fantasy show as well. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening.